0: Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and on Employment Notebook, we provide advice and insight into different strategies for succeeding in the workplace. And today we are with Kurt Rosengren, founder of Passion Catalyst, and today we're going to be talking about how you can fall back in love with your job. So, Kurt, thanks for joining the show today.
1: Absolutely. Delighted to be here.
0: Now, before we dive into this topic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what Passion Catalyst is?
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, Let's see. I'll give you the really short version of the story. So I've been doing what I do right now for a little over 13 years. Prior to doing this, I was a professional malcontent. So I know the other side of the story of not being happy with what it is that you're doing
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: then doing something where you're completely on fire about what you're doing. And I definitely will take the latter. Really, my focus for that period of time has been, has been primarily on three different questions. And that's what energizes me? What difference do I feel called to make? And then how do I weave that into a career and really ultimately a life that, that will let me thrive? So it's been primarily coaching with also speaking and writing mixed in there as ways to deliver that message. So that's the very short version of it. Of course, I can go on and on and on, but that, uh, that gives you a nutshell.
0: That does. So that Passion Catalyst, you mentioned that you do some coaching, speaking, and some writing. So what kind of services do you provide for coaching?
1: People typically will come to me when they are at a place where they're frustrated, they're stuck. Maybe they've been frustrated and stuck for a while. They have come to a point where they have been beating their heads against the wall for long enough that they realize this is not going to change just by me sitting here and whooping. It's going to change. I need some help.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: uh, they know they're on the wrong path, or you know, if something isn't working, they feel frustrated, they feel like they're not doing something that really lines up with who they are or what really resonates with them, but they don't know what to do from there. They don't know how to make a change, and they don't know what to make a change to. And so I will then help people first look inside and really get a solid inside. What makes you tick? What, what is it that energizes you? What is it that leaves you feeling energized and alive? And then turning the focus uh, outwards and saying, okay, what's out there uh, that will allow you to experience those things?
0: Well, it sounds like I have the perfect guest here to talk about this today. And as we look to dive into this topic today about how to fall in love with your job again, I hope that you can shine some light on why people fall out of love with their current jobs or careers. And I feel like after you've been at your current role for whether that's years or months, something just happens and it just flips those shades off and you see things in a totally different light. Can you shed some light on why that happens and kind of, you know, what you should do when that happens to you?
1: It's to some degree to be expected, regardless of what it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. simply because you do it for long enough and it's not really new any longer.
2: Mm -hmm. And it
1: becomes something where it's kind of like, okay, this was fun and exciting and what have you to figure out and to learn and to understand and all of this. And now for the last 10 years, I've done the same thing and had the same conversation. And I loved this conversation once, but boy, I can do it in my sleep. Mm -hmm. So I think to some degree, that's just a natural part of things. And, And that's why change and growth, et cetera, is such an important part of staying energized. Because if you just are continuing on the same path, it's really easy to get stagnant over time.
0: So this kind of sounds like it can happen to you more than once throughout your career if you're kind of in the same spot and you're continuing to get stagnant over and over and over
1: again. Yeah. I mean, I think that that there is, I think it's a mistake to think of your career as a static beast. It's really a very moving and dynamic thing. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to find the answer and then have it done with. It's really something that you need to keep aware and keep moving at every stage of the game and keep looking for ways to energize and re energize what it is that you're doing and also to keep looking for okay, how do I build on where I've been, what are the new possibilities as I'm looking uh, as I'm looking into the future so that you have that vibrance and and not the stagnant.
0: Now to kind of switch gears a little bit, on your website which is wildaboutwork.com, you have some basics where you outline a framework to get wild about your work again. So what was the impetus behind the development of these basics and this framework?
1: Well I started out, uh, I actually started out my Passion Catalyst work with that focus of, of career passion because I had been such a malcontent and so unhappy in my own path. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really where my awareness was. So I had been, you know, for many years, well, for for all of the time that I've been working on this, this idea of pursuing your passion, finding a career that, that lights you up and, and makes you feel uh, energized and alive. Has been that focus. One of the things that I realized fairly early on was that it wasn't just about finding that perfect job and then you're done. Mm -hmm. In fact, that was really only a part of it. And so some of it had less to do with the actual content of the job, Uh, you know, what it is that you're doing, your job description, et cetera. And a lot of it had to do with your capacity to experience that energy. Mm -hmm. I would have clients. Come away from sessions where they reached out to me initially to say, "Hey, I need to figure out where to from here. I'm stuck. I'm this isn't working." And in the course of doing that, they would also come away with uh, homework like going and playing music for two hours each week. You know, they were an amateur musician and they got a lot of juice from that. And they didn't really weren't really doing that in their lives at that point. Or going and creating a date night with their spouse because. They weren't getting the quality time with their spouse, and that was having a negative impact on just how they felt overall and part of the effect of that was that it was having a negative impact on how they were able to show up at work. You know this is not therapy, this is not you know any such thing, but it's really just this acknowledgement of we don't actually exist in silos. Mm-hmm. The person who shows up for work is the person who is showing up in that relationship and is the person that is showing up energized and alive with playing music, et cetera. So anything that you can do to raise the energy levels overall gives you more ability to feel energized at work because you're simply in a in a better place. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that it was really this it was really not just, okay, what do I do? If my goal is to help people feel as energized and alive, those seems to be my theme words today. Uh, If your goal is to feel as energized and alive in your work, it's important clearly to say, here's what my focus is. Here's the job that I do that makes me feel energized and alive. It's also incredibly important to say, okay, how can I create a life that allows me to feel as much of that energy as possible? I think of it as, as you're, you're going, to the, going to the well of passion, of, mm-hmm. of feeling energized, and you throw the container down there on at the end of the rope and you bring it up. How big is the bucket that you just tossed down there? Right. Is it a big bucket that you can feel all kinds of that energy, or is the rest of your life kind of feeling constricted? And so you're actually just tossing down this, this little thimble-sized bucket, mm-hmm. and so you're not able to experience as much of the good juicy stuff.
0: Your framework actually covers about five different things, and you've touched on all of them, and you've, I feel like you've given really great examples of them. And the first one was being energized at work, which you kind of gave an example of, you know, the person who went out and played the music because they were a part-time musician. So that was great. The fifth thing on your list of how to get wild about work again is recognizing that work and life are interconnected. And you were just getting into that with your example about the well and size of your bucket and the energy that you're pulling out. So what suggestions do you have for someone who's really, you know, unhappy with work, but their personal life is great, but that energy from their personal life just isn't transferring into their work?
1: So I think there are a number of things. One of the things that I I like to give people just a framework for how to approach this,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think of it as energy management. Okay. How do you make decisions and craft your life so that you have more energy than less? Pretty simple. And there's an idea that I call maximizing the gain to drain ratio. The gain to drain ratio is the fraction essentially. It's gain over drain. You know, you want as much as possible of what gives you energy in your life, uh, and as little as, it, as possible of what drains your energy in your life. Not rocket science. It's pretty right. pretty no brainer idea. But what having that specifically looking at it uh, at things in that light does is it gives you an opportunity to rather than simply be at the mercy of what's happening, it gives you an opportunity to essentially do an energy audit. So in this case, you might do everything else is cooking along and you might do an energy audit at work. And you might look at that and you might say, well, what is it that is energizing here? What is it that I like? What is it that I appreciate? What are the good things here? So you can look at where where are the energy gains here? What is it that's positive about this? And flip side of this, what is it that is draining my energy? And when you have that, now you've got something more specific that you can work with. Okay, this and this and this is working. Is there any way that I can bring more of that into the picture? Is there any way I can focus more on that? You know, I hear, here are these things that are working, but I'm not really paying any attention to them. And so they might as well not even exist. Can I focus on being grateful more for these things that are working or experiencing them more, et cetera? And then the flip side of that, oh, here are these things that aren't working. Here are these things that are draining my energy what can I do about that? Is there any way that I can change what I'm doing? Is there any way I can change how I'm doing uh, doing it? Is there any way, and this is actually, I think, one of the most important things, is there any way that I can change my relationship to it? So, is there any way I can change what's going on between my ears, the way I'm thinking about things, the stories Mm -hmm. that I'm telling about things? Because that's what we really have control over. Right. So, That's the starting point, I think, is simply using that simple idea of the gain-to-drain ratio and doing an energy audit to say what's really happening here so that you can break it down not to this broad brush, work sucks or works good, Mm -hmm. uh, but really here's the gain, here's the drain, some specific things that you then can dive in and and engage with. So that's the first thing that I would suggest uh, that people do. All right. Of course, I've got more ideas, but just this. Uh, throwing that nugget out there uh, as, as the first first bit.
0: Now, what are some common challenges that most people encounter when they're working through this framework? And I know we could probably talk all day about you know how you should go through the entire framework, but if you just had to pinpoint one common challenge that you see kind of cropping up again and again and again that people keep facing with this framework, what would that be and what recommendations would you have for people?
1: To some degree, it's going to be different with different people. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, one of the things that I am most excited about right now is just the degree to which we have the potential to craft our experience by, as I say, what's happening between our Mm ears. And I think that one of the things that people really run into is getting stuck in a story that's not particularly conducive to what they want to experience in their life or specifically on the job here. To give an example, I was working with a client and he was just kind of complaining about the meetings and the, and the drama of, of the people in the meetings that he was at. And, and, you know, just, it was this energy drain for him and the law. a lot. And so there's a story that went with that, which was that these people had these drama, there was something wrong with that. And that it's something somehow it had something to do with him and he would get pulled into the drama and he would get pulled into the feeling, that,
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: would drain, drain him. And so we talked about it and, and what came out of that was that he was just going to start making up funny stories about what, where their drama was coming from. Cause he was already, he was already making up stories. That's what we do.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean,
1: that's just kind of how the human mind works. And I said, well, as long as I'm making up stories, I may, might as well make up stories that amuse me. And right. so he started doing that. And then at the same time, he started really just reminding himself that his story, that their drama somehow had something to do with him, was just a story, and he could change that as well. So he disconnected himself from feeling like their crisis was not his. He didn't have to get pulled into that. And so he started playing with that. And I, I just had coffee with him the other day, and we were talking about it, and I said, Well, you know, that changed my meeting What you wouldn't believe. His experience of meetings isn't anywhere near as draining as they used to be. None of that had anything to do with what happened externally. Mm -hmm. It all had to do with the story he was telling in his mind. And I think that that's one thing that I would really encourage people to just build an awareness, continually just coming back and saying, what's the story I'm telling here? What's the story about this? Is Mm -hmm. this really helping me or is this hindering me?
0: And it's such a simple change, especially with the example that you gave. I think that everyone has or will encounter some kind of drama in the workplace. And just changing that story up just a little bit can make a huge impact on your overall outlook on your job, maybe your career overall as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the summary of that, I think, is to simply be aware that what you are perhaps experiencing is reality isn't actually reality. It's the story that you're telling that you then look at as a lens through that story. And if you change that, then you really ultimately change what you experience.
0: Now, we are unfortunately running out of time today, but I do want to give you the floor here at the end to share any final pieces of advice or tips with our listeners on this topic and how they can fall in love with their jobs again.
1: The biggest thing is just to stay aware and to constantly be asking yourself questions. And, and those questions might be about where's the gain here, where's the drain here. I, I've had clients come back to me years later and said, you know, Kurt, I constantly use that checking out the gain and the drain uh, as I'm you know, looking at my situation, as I'm making decisions about things to do, choices to make, et cetera. So really just stay aware of checking in with that gain and checking in with that drain. Stay aware of what's the story that I'm telling. And then really take a look at your life in 360 degrees and ask, how is the rest of my life supporting or getting in the way of what I want to experience at work, how I want to experience life on the job? I think you're right. We could talk, uh, we could probably have a 24-hour interview and I would still have things to say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But but those are some of the biggies. And I guess the, the last thing is, Don't fall into the trap of thinking you have no control over anything. It's amazing how much when you start to really break it down into the pieces and parts as I was talking about, it's amazing, especially over time, how much potential there is to sculpt your job, to sculpt your work, and to ultimately sculpt your career to really reflect more of what makes you feel energized and alive and to reduce what creates that friction and that drain.
0: And with that final piece of advice, we will close out today's show on Employment Notebooks. So I just want to thank Kurt for joining us and sharing his expert advice. We do appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. It was great fun.
0: Well, I'm glad you had fun. And if you are looking to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljanradio.com. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for the LJN Radio team, do send us an email at ljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with and Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your career.